This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Parsh Kedoshim, everybody, 5782. We're going to be dealing with a really interesting Pusik that's toward the end of the Parsha. Pusik says in Perek Chav, Pusik Tesva, the Ish Asher Yitin Shchavto Bebehemav, a guy is with an animal. Most Yomasi will surely die as a behema tarogu, and the animal should be killed as well. So the person dies, the animal dies. The Isha, Asher and a woman who comes close to any animal to be together with it, and you will kill both the woman and the animal. They will both die, their blood is on them. Okay, so obviously... I have to start giving this year now. And the reason why is because I have no idea where the world's going in another five years. In another five years, I probably won't be able to talk about this subject anymore. So I, I have no clue. Maybe even within another year, I have absolutely no idea. But this is something that I've always wondered about, the concept of what's going on with these psukim and what exactly the psukim are getting at. If you notice, there's a lot of differences in the nuances in the first case where it's a man with an animal versus a woman with an animal. And we have to wonder about each one of these, why are these things so? So first of all, Rashi wonders why the animal is put to death in Pasuk Tezvav. If the man did something to it, not the other way around, the animal was not together with uh, the woman or whatever, right? Why should the animal die? Why would the animal die for something that a man caused it to do? What's the point of that? And he says, this is how Rashi puts it, because a takala, something horrible happened because of it. The man was together with it, and a takala happened through it. That stumbling block was made through it. Therefore, the Pusik says, the animal must be gotten rid of. You cannot keep this animal around. That animal should be gone completely. From here, we make a kalvachomer. Says Rashi, we have a kalvachomer. If someone causes their friend to do an avera, and they know better, they should never have allowed their friend to do this, then that person is punished for allowing that friend to do something that's wrong. Because again, if we're killing an animal for what the man did to it, then kol shikane, if you have a person who allows another person to do something that's wrong, they're going to be punished. The same lesson is learned in Devarim Paragid Beis Pasuk Beis regarding ob- objects that are used for avodah purposes. It says, You have to destroy all of those places. What did the place do wrong? What was wrong with that? But the shot is, is that some fool did something in that place, everything is destroyed. And if that's true, some place that cannot be seen, cannot be heard, right? That has to be destroyed because of someone silly that decided to do something which was terrible. Then even more so, if you cause someone to do something wrong, and it's not just that you did something in there, but you caused something to go off, then they must be, must be punished severely. That's the concept. That's the idea of what's being learned over here. That's the idea behind it. Rev. Victor Miller compares this idea to the concept of what's called an Irhanidachas. An Irhanidachas is a city which rove of the people involved were worshipping Avodah If most of the people sinned, why should you destroy the entire city? The people sinned, but it's not the buildings. Why are the buildings being taken down? Why are you taking down the walls? Why are you taking down all the different things inside there? And it's the same idea. Says Victor Miller, there's two things. 
There's an impression that's being made. You see the city being burned. You watch the animal being killed. You see the item, the area being destroyed that makes an impression on you. You realize what happened. You realize the gravity of that sin. That's number one, says Rigda Miller. Number two, the continued existence of that place or thing, the similar to Rashi, will cause and encourage people to repeat this sin. This is the area where this happened. And therefore, you're more susceptible to it. There could even be, maybe, a demon, a shade that's in that area that causes you to do this over and over again. You don't want to have this situation with this thing around there. That's Eddie Banner. That's the first shot in Rashi. But there's a second shot in Rashi. Rashi, not here. Rashi and Bullock. It's in Perak Chav Bez, Pusik Lamed Gimel. It says that the Malach ended up killing Bilaam's donkey. Bilaam's donkey that talked to Bilaam was killed. So no one would go around saying, that donkey that gave Muster to Bilaam, that's the donkey right over there. It says, the reason why it's killed is based on this pasuk, Again, the first shot in Rashi was that we're afraid something might happen. You might do something. That's what we're afraid of. It's a takala. This is something that somebody sinned with. It's the item of sin. That's the first reason. The second reason of Rashi is that a Kaddish Baruch who has pity on a person. Chas v'shalom, people will go around after he dies. They'll go around after Bilam is gone. They'll say, that's the animal. That's the thing that caused that person to sin. So therefore, a Kaddish Baruch who says, get rid of it all. Especially... Because this is something which is unexpected. It's something extremely rare. You know people are going to talk about it even though they won't. They shouldn't. It's Lashon Hara. But people will. And therefore, since it's embarrassing to that person who died and to his family as well, we kill not just the person who did the sin, but the animal as well. So those are the two reasons. First answer according to Rashi, again, is that we're worried about this is a takala. This caused someone to sin. And number two, we don't want people talking about it anymore. We don't want people discussing this at all. Shlomo, yeah. I really can't hear you. I'm sorry, what? Right, right. Right, I, I, that's not an answer for right now. I mean, I, the, the, mo- the answer is, is that if it's something which is a horrible sin, then there's nothing to be metakin within that item. If something is just a smaller thing, then you could be metakin it without that. But the embarrassing aspect, both these aspects go together. So both of them go together at the same time, so we have to use them together. But that, that's basically it. Now, the Ibn Ezra brings this as well. He says, Lahastir hakalon. There's a shame here. This is disgusting. We're trying to hide that as much as possible. And then it brings up another reason. It says, Shalotachti od. Then no one at Shalotachti Akar, no one else should sin through it. The Bartanua brings this down. The Chiskuni brings this down. Similar to that Rashi up above. The Malvam says, These ideas that Rashi brings up lead us to believe three different things. Number one, causing someone to sin deserves a very big punishment. Rashi said that above. That's number one. You cause someone to sin, you deserve to be punished. And Rashi said that. Number two, if Hashem has mercy on Rishoyim to cover up the things they did wrong, kol shekinam netzadikim, a tzaddik that does something wrong, and that happens. A tzaddik does something that he shouldn't have done. Even more so, we should hide what the person did and say, again, not to say that he never did it. 
but that we don't need to know about it. Why should we shame people for something that they did? If we're hiding the Rishayim sin and getting rid of what the Rishayim did, then we should certainly do so by a tzaddik. And number three, Hashem will make sure that tzaddikim will never do anything wrong in the first place. Since he'll protect them due to their many mitzvot, and therefore it'll never happen. He'll get rid of the animal before the sin occurs. Yeah. No, not as big, but nonetheless deserves a punishment for getting involved in such a thing, for allowing that person to do it. Yeah. What about Shavu Yitzvah? There's no question people fall. We understand that. That doesn't mean that we should leave that thing around. And also, regardless, again, HaKadosh Baruch is going to make sure that most people won't sin. It doesn't mean that every tzaddik won't be able to sin, but it'll keep them away from sinning. That's how the Malbim puts it, that this could happen, but HaKadosh Baruch wants to take away more things that will cause people to sin that will never happen in the first place. Now, these Rashi's are all based on a Mishnah in Sanhedrin. The Gemara in Sanhedrin, it's Perek Zion Mishnah Dalit, right? He says, the Tana brings two reasons for why an animal is killed. And I'm quoting this in, in the Aramaic there, or Mishnah, it's in Hebrew. Lefi shabasta takala al yada, which Rashi brings over here. And yada. So the animal is not walking through the shuk, and everybody will say, that's the animal, which is what Rashi brings in Parsh's Balak. It seems strange that Rashi brings each reason in its own place. Isn't that weird? Over here he brings the first reason. Over there he brings that reason. But he doesn't put both reasons in the same Rashi. Isn't that weird? But I thought maybe there's a difference between those two places. If there are other people around who might recognize the animal or know what happened with their own eyes, then the second reason would apply. But if there... I I guess that the animal should be killed so nobody will point to it and say that's what that animal did. Sort of like what happened with Bilaam. But if there was no one around and it was private, albeit with two witnesses, right, who saw it happen so the guy's killed, then it could be, and maybe they don't even recognize the animal specifically, right, then the first reason applies, an animal that they think was there would be killed because of what might happen to it, what might be in the future. The Takala reason would apply in our case. By Bilaam, when it was public, then it would be the second reason. I thought maybe that would be the answer between the two Rashi. Sferis Stroll says a very easy nafkamina. What if the person was together with the animal Bishogek? Bishogek means he did it by accident. It wasn't Bimazid. He didn't do it on purpose. He's together with Bishogek. According to the first reasoning, you should still get rid of the animal. Destroy the animal because something might happen again. You always have to worry about a possible takala. Maybe something's going to happen. But according to the second reasoning, people will go around and say, look what that guy did. Right? Look at the animal that guy was with. It's a Shogek. They won't say that. That's not going to happen. So that's what we'll say, that maybe there's a nafkami between those reasons. That's how the first all puts it. Now, Rav, Rav, Rav Sternbach wonders, right? Why should we care if the sinner is embarrassed? He's a sinner and a horrible sinner at that. Look at what he did. He was with an animal. What, what in the world? Let him be embarrassed. If the animal's supposed to die, why should it die, right? Because a certain person is a sinner. Let that guy say, he's a, I don't get it. The person should die and that's that. So he thinks that both answer, answers should be combined to form one big answer. When a person sees an Avera being done, it seems light in his eyes. I mean, if you see Chilol Shabbos, and I don't mean this because obviously we're in a different world, living in America, etc. But in Eretz Yisrael especially, if you live in a certain enclave where there are no cars driving, when you see Chilol Shabbos, that affects you. It affects you. When you see Arias, it affects you. Anything you see around you that's going on, you see a person not acting with respect toward the Torah. You see a person that goes and talks during davening, for example. It affects you. It makes you think it's not so bad. 
It's not so bad. You might not do it, but in your mind, it's a little bit lighter. It's a little bit less of what it was before. That's horrible. And we know in apotropis law rise, you can't assume that you're going to be fine from all different cases of rise. We know it affects your soul terribly. We know what happens with that. That's why the animal has to go. Because people will point to it and it'll cause you to have thoughts that you never would have had. It'll cause you to think about this misa. When you think about it, all of a sudden those thoughts go in your head that allows you to think lightly of everything and all of a sudden it has an effect on you. The same reason why it's so important to be careful on the internet. It's the exact same concept. It, anything that goes in is going to affect your line of reasoning. I had a Rebbe who told me he does not read achronim, achronim, in their hashkafa svarim. He'll read achronim in their explanations to Gemaras, like a Pnei Yoshua, Chsam Sofer, etc. But in hashkafa svarim, he only wanted the Rishonim. Why? He didn't think, this is an interesting line by him, he thought that their line of reasoning may have been affected by the world around them, and therefore their answers, their concepts, what they're bringing up, could be something that's not right for him and where he is and where he's holding. He didn't want that line of reasoning to disturb where he's going. It's such an interesting concept. Not saying that it was the right thing, I have no idea. But this is an interesting concept of something out there. Now, Tuv Chayabiu, this is Rev, Rev, uh, Rev uh, uh, Yitzhak Zilberstein. He brings up, there was a great tzaddik by the name of Rav Mordechai Man. Rav Mordechai Man, who had many children, became great gedolim, including Rav David Yitzhak Man. He was the Rosh Shiva of Kfar Hasidim. So his son said that his father never ate oranges. And they always assumed that the reason he didn't eat oranges is because he just didn't like the taste. You know, some people don't like the taste of oranges. They're weird, right? And some people don't like the taste of, like, Fiji apples. Those guys are normal, right? Everybody has their thing, like, what they like and what they don't like, and that's perfectly fine. When Ravman was passing, was almost, almost, he was dying. He was on his deathbed. He told his son the real reason why he never ate oranges. Well, unbelievable. He said one time when he was younger, he was going through a certain field, right? It was before the Chazanish came. Not everybody was an expert in Trumas and Maestros at the time, right? He walked through a field in orchard, and he saw an orange tree, picked up an orange, peeled the orange, and started eating the orange. And all of a sudden he realized, oh my gosh, I didn't take off Trumas and Maestros. Now, there's Shilas if you're Chayev in taking Trumas and Maestros off of a field, an orchard, just taking off a tree. Normally, we say, those who know the Gemara, we know, Ad Sheyiras Penea Bias. Really, until you see the house, until it's stored, you're not really Chayev in Trumas and Maestros. This is a Shila, it's a Shila, right? But he couldn't believe that he had eaten the orange without even thinking. Just peeled the orange, started eating it. Right? He couldn't believe it. Absolutely couldn't believe that he had gotten down into a suffix of whether it was a sin or not. From that point on, he said to himself, I will never eat an orange again. An orange caused me to do an Avera. An orange, I'm going to stop myself from eating from that point. It became disgusting to him from that point on. He didn't say that he didn't like oranges. He may have loved oranges, but he wouldn't eat them because of the effect that it had on him in his way, right? That was, so to speak, I caused something to happen through an orange. I'm not going to eat it anymore. By Yatsev Avram, Rav Avram Beck of Melbourne, he says another reason why we want the animal dead so he's no longer embarrassed. The concept is the Torah prescribes the amount of punishment that you're supposed to get. A person is supposed to get skila from such an act. So you'll get skila. That's what you're going to get. You are going to get skila for doing what you did with this animal. That's what you're going to get. The Torah never says you're supposed to embarrass him. Any extra embarrassment that people do afterward, when they see the animal, they'll be like, oh man, that's the animal, that, that guy that killed that guy, right? 
any extra embarrassment was not prescribed from the Torah. That punishment was not given from the Torah itself. Leaving the animal alive will cause others to bring up the man's name again and again, which will cause an embarrassment. And therefore the Torah is chos al kvodo, so that we don't give him more of a punishment than he actually deserved. Mati, what were you going to say? Uh, that's a great question. There's a question whether this is covered kono of the mace or covered kono of the mishpacha. But a great call. But this is based on a gemara that's mentioned in Sanhedrin, right? What, what's considered the ikr? Is it, you know, if everything based on the covered of mace or the covered of the mishpacha that's around there? Pi, begam mishpachto or begam, uh, I forgot what the wording is, but his own begam. Yeah, Dave. Um, we don't have any other content where a person, you know, carries on an embarrassment later on, right? You have, like, they put it outside the, the concept. Of yeah. Like, for, Right, we have something weird. Yeah, yeah. Normally, we just take it back and it's over. Right, and this is something that we're continuing over here. If we left the animal alive, that embarrassment would continue. If we left the animal there, people would do something that we can't let. We can't allow that to happen. We get rid of it as soon as we possibly can. That's exactly the point. Now, the rokeach. Oh, I'm sorry, I said something else. The Ralba, the Ralba gives a third reason. A third reason, not mentioned by Rashi, not mentioned by the Mishnah. He says, because any time someone will see that animal, this is very similar to what we said with Tom Bedas, is going to have bad thoughts. It's going to cause the person to have bad thoughts. Very similar to what we just said up above from the Tom Bedas, who says that's the combination of Rashi's. The Shari Aaron say the Chachme Kabbalah have a fourth reason. Listen to this. They say the animal is most likely the soul of a terrible person who died and was over on Arias in his lifetime. Chazal tell us, especially the Chachmei Kabbalah, that if a person did Arias during his lifetime, did some terrible things in his lifetime, he'll be misgalgal into an animal. That's what's going to happen. Such a person who is misgalgal into an animal is, is usually brought into a behemoth to Maya. But perhaps it could even be a behemoth to Hora who had something Tamei happened to it. So says the Shariaron, perhaps that's the reason why this happened over here. This person who was brought back was killed because of what happened to it because of something that happened before. And we see this concept where in Bab Metziah Peidal and Mabez, it says a calf ran to Rebbe to try to get itself away from being shechted. So Rebbe Yudha Nasi made sure, it said, go, that's what you were created for, zil l'kach nifcharta, that's what you were, no tzarta, that's what you're created for. Regardless, the concept is there. So he says that's possibly why it was there. We know that one of the reasons why Shalom Elok was punished after the war against the Malik is because he left the animals alive. Right? We all know that. What's the problem? Hashem said, get rid of all the animals and get rid of all of Amalek. He kept Agag, king of Amalek, alive, as well as all of the different animals as well. He kept all of those animals alive, even though he was told to destroy them all. Now, his concept, we're not going to talk about Shaul Amalek right now, his reason for keeping Agag alive. It could be he wanted to bring only Korbanos, and he only left the best ones alive and whatever, and they were going to get rid of them anyway. They just didn't get rid of them immediately. But we all know that there's a famous Ben Ishchai that's based on the Medrash that says very straight up, I think it's Rashi and uh, Rashi and Radak both bring this up, that the Amalekim had the ability to turn themselves into animals. So some of those sheep that were there among the Amalekim were actually people. They were actual Amalekim, right, who turned themselves into animals. The Ben even says, the way to tell if an animal is a human being or not is to look at the eye of the animal. If the animal has the eye of a human being, it's a human being dressed up as an animal. And by the way, I do this all the time. I look at every animal and I check out the eyes just to make sure. If it's a human eye, I will punch that animal. I haven't done it yet because I haven't seen it yet, right? But I will, I will, get, I will be very upset, 
But the Ben Yishchai says 100% that's how you figure it out. So he says it's possible, he says, the idea behind it is that the same idea was why the firstborn animals of Mitzrayim had to die as well. It could be that the Egyptians were posing as animals to escape punishment. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu got rid of the firstborn animals. Do you get it? He didn't get rid of the actual Bechor of the animals. He got rid of the firstborns who were posing as animals. Isn't that super interesting? It's not like the Pusik. <laughs> the Pusik is very clear. It's referring to firstborn animals that were killed. But according to this, it could be that it was the firstborns as animals, and that's the idea behind it, and that's the concept. So it's all brought up over there. That's what the Mikubalim deal with in these Psukim. The Rokeach says the reason why these Psukim are put next to the Erev Avachoso of his sister is a really strange reason. He says, you grow up with your sister in the household, right? Your sister is right there. Some people grow up with these animals in their household. So there's an affinity toward the animals, the same way there's an affinity toward your sister. If somebody abuses that relationship with his sister or abuses the relationship with the animal, it's because of the closeness one has in which one doesn't understand how to treat a relationship properly, right? It's an, an abuse of that, that concept of the relationship, which should be a clean relationship, a normal relationship. We all understand that. It's, it's anathemic to all of our nature to think of somebody with a sister with an animal, but because somebody doesn't understand that and he's in such close proximity with such an animal, such a person, right? That's the reason why such a thing could happen. And it's a warning, as we always have, of the concept of yichud, which possibly, again, it's, it's a difficult thing to talk about, but possibly may apply by a brother and a sister. There is a possibility of a concept of yichud even between a brother and a sister. And that's why Chazal talk about such a thing. And they say never look at animals when they're mezavik with one another. For that concept, for that idea, right, when there's a closeness in the wrong way, it could lead to the wrong direction, the wrong decisions being made. Now, within the wording of the Pasuk, you see some pretty clear differences. Let's look back for a second over here. Look at the Pesukim. In Pasuk Tezvav, it says, most you must, the guy will surely die, the esa behema tarogu, and then you kill the animal. Everybody see that? Most you must, the behema tarogu. By the woman, it says, You kill the woman and the animal. Woman first, then behema. But it says you kill them both. And then, They both die. Their blood is upon their heads. Right? Everything together. So what's the difference between that? So the first thing we're going to look at is the Chizkuni and the Bechor Shor. They say, in the second Pasuk, the animal was also Posheya. In the first Pasuk, the animal was only killed because the man did something to it. Right? That's the first Pasuk. So most you must, the man was, must die. You should also kill the animal. Do you get what I'm saying? The animal's not at fault, but the animal must be killed. And that's the wording in the Pasuk. In the second Pasuk, right, you're dealing with an animal that was poshea. It's porates begeder shol olam. It's doing something that other animals would not do. It's like the animals of the Dora Mabel of that time when they were doing such a thing. And the concept is brought up by the Chizkuni, I'm going to say it in Hebrew, in Koshi Eloladas. Right? That concept is there. The animal didn't sin. It's not Demei and Bum. In the second Pasuk, they both sinned. You have to kill both. Most you must do. Demei and Bum, they're both responsible. The woman for allowing such a thing to happen. And the animal as well. Both of them are responsible for that concept. Now this concept is in Sanhedrin. Tzadi Chesamadalaf. 
where it brings down that the animals of the time of the mob were together with the different people, etc., and different minim as well. It's unnatural. It doesn't make any sense. And it seems to stem from the effect that the people around them had. Since the people were acting immorally in, in, a, in an irrational fashion, the animals followed suit. And that seems to have been the effect that it had that allowed that to be. And so too over here, the fact that the woman was so promiscuous, she allowed the animal, and then the animal followed suit, both of them are gone because an animal that follows suit cannot now tell the difference between what it should be doing and what it did wrong. That concept is right there and it destroyed them. Dave, yeah. Um, so, two questions. The first one I have is, uh, why is it, isn't it meeting connected meeting? So, if the animal that didn't, had no partner but was taken advantage of, yeah. it's the same uh, punishment as the animal that took part in it. it seem it's the same punishment. It is the same punishment, you're right, it gets skila, right? However, it's not the same. It's not part of the Demeyam bum. It's not part of the Tarogu. It is tar- It also must be killed for the reasons we said above. For one of those. Right, but it happens to be the same punishment. It happens to be the same punishment because since the animal and the person were put in the same posse, therefore we kill them in the same way. But it's not for the same reasons. Now, what about, well, again, what about, Bible talks about certain animals can, can, can bear children of that relationship. We don't, we don't have that. that, that that's a diuk that people make based on what, whatever it is. And that's where they come up with the dinosaur theory, right? That dinosaurs were like, you know, mixed between different animals and whatever it is, right? I don't know. I, I can't answer stuff like that. Like, that stuff is weird to me. There's a Pirkei Rebbe Lezer, by the way, that's, that's pretty explosive. It's Kilo. Well, you know what? Hold on over here. This is a Mishnah. I'm going to skip the shock for right now, okay? The Mishnah in Sanhedrin says both the person and the animal receive the punishment of skila. They're in the same Pusik, and they learn it out. It seems pretty clear. It's a Brisa Nundalan Mabes, says it's based on a Gzeira Shava of the word Tarogu. That it gets skila, the person gets skila, the animal gets skila, it's all there. The Malbim is a great piece here on the technicalities of how we're learning from Tarogu. It's like an eight line piece. I didn't want to put down all the technical details, but the Malbim says that it's both learned out from there. The animal, the person, they both get skila. That's Tarogu. Targum Yonasan says in Pasik Tezvav, unbelievably so, he's the only parish that says this from the Rishonim, at least that I saw. There might be others, but I saw a bunch. He says that the animals should be killed Bekolfi. Bekolfi. Now, Bekolfi means, we don't know, but it sounds like it's a club. Meaning, the man gets skila and the woman gets skila, right? But the animal is clubbed to death. Now, we don't have that death in the Torah, obviously. That death doesn't exist. But they're mamish club to death. It's pointed out for the first time that I saw by the Tzferes Yisrael, the, I'm sorry, by the Tzferes Yisrael in the Mishnayis. Tzferes Yisrael says, but he doesn't answer the question. He says, Bikolfi, where did the Targum Yonason get that from? It's against the Gemara. The Gemara says that the animal gets skila. And all of a sudden, Targum Yonason says, Kolfi. Now, Parish Yonason Parish Jonathan says, this means you should kill the animal with a wooden rod whose end is very thick. Again, it's like a little thin stick with a big thing on top, like a big, like, big thick thing on the outside. And you go ahead and you're supposed to smack the animal with it until it dies. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what it sounds like from Bakofi itself. Even though it seems the animal should get the same punishment as the man itself, it could be that in Pasuk Tezvav, again, you'll see it, it says, most you must by the guy. So most you must is skila. That's a behemoth tarogu. And then afterward, the animal should be killed. Sounds like it gets a different death. 
Now, there are a bunch of problems with this idea that Perish Yonason is saying over here. Number one, Targum Yonason says by the woman that the animal gets the exact same punishment. But by the woman, it says the same words. Baharagda, as a Yishav, as a Behema. Mosumasu, They're not different. So why is the woman's animal Bekofi as well? Targum Yonason says it's Bekofi by both the man's animal and the woman's animal. Why? Why in the world are you clubbing the animal? The club doesn't make any sense. By the woman, it's the same thing. That's number one. Number two, right, as we said up above, there obviously is a difference between this Pusik, between the innocent animal in the first Pusik and the guilty animal in number two. If anything, I can understand why in Pusik Tezvav it says you use Bekolfi. Maybe the animal has to die, but it doesn't have to get Skila. In the second Pusik, it should get the same thing as the woman itself. But there's something wrong with this. It seems something that there's something just off about this because it doesn't seem to say this in the Pusik itself. The Shemolem says this is stranger than we think. The only reason why you get skila is from what word? What did I tell you? What word? Taharogu. You know where it says tarogu? By the animal. It says tarogu. Why does the man get skila? Because it says the word tarogu by the animal. And now you're telling me that the animal doesn't get skila? Then how do we know that the man gets skila? It's such a pellet. It's really a real big pellet. What in the world does Targum Yonason mean? Where does he get this from? So there is no answer to the question. There's no safer that I saw that fully answers the question. The closest I got to is the Chavatzela Sasharon, great safer, in which he says, we know there are chiyuve misas bezdin. There are certain things that you get killed for in bezdin. Normally, someone does something that deserves death. He gets a warning gets thrown, you know, the Adam see him, they bring him into base, and they're Mekayim, that Misa, they give him whatever Misa that is, Skila, Srefa, Herig, Chenek, they give him whatever it's supposed to be. Here, however, why is the animal, why are both animals being killed? Really, why are both animals being killed? In the first Pasuk, we all said, because the man was together with it, right? And the animal's being killed because you don't want people talking about him or because it's a takala, right? That's that. In the second Pasuk, because the animal is porates gedr shalolam. It did something weird. It went against everything that's normal over here. Maybe there's only a chiyuv on Bezdin to get rid of them but not bring them to Bezin and kill them as they would a human being. Maybe that's the difference. Meaning, the person has to be killed because he has to go to Bezin, he has to be judged, etc. But the animal, maybe, maybe, doesn't have a chiyuv Bezin. The animal has a chiyuv to be destroyed. And if it's a chiyuv to be destroyed, says Targum Yonason, you can do that in any way possible. Use a kofi so that people see that it's weird and it's something separate. That's a possibility, a very big possibility. However, that's not a full answer. So let's go a little bit further. Hold on. The Rambam in Hilchos Yisuri Bia Perak Yud Beis Yud says a non-Jewish woman who is together with a Jew should be killed. A non-Jewish woman with a Jew. Okay, now obviously this is only if we're in our, you know, our world, right, where we have everything, where we're in charge, etc. If a non-Jewish woman is together with a Jewish man, that person would be killed because the takala happened through her. This is the Rambam. Okay, the takala happened through her. Similar to an animal, he says. A takala that happens, similar to the animal. And brings a pasuk about the Midyani women being killed in any way they needed to be killed. They didn't have a specific Misa. When they went and killed the Midyani woman, remember, what did the Midyani woman do? The Midyani women seduced the Jews and caused them to sin. So when that happened, they killed them in any way possible. The Grizz, even this, the Briska Rav suggests that Cosby as well. 
Cosby was killed, Cosby was Zimri, right? The woman who convinced Zimri to be together with her is because, again, she was that takoa that would remind everyone of what Zimri did. So therefore, Cosby was going to be killed as well. And that's what forced Pinchas to do what he did. Now, the problem is that it seems that they were together with, that if an animal is together with a person, they're judged in a basin of 23 judges. The Gemara, it's not even a Gemara. It's a Mishnah in Sanhedrin, Basim and Aleph. <laughs> it's right there in the very first parak that you judge an animal that's together with a person in a basin of 23. This is saying, seemingly, according to this Rambam, it's a Takala, you get rid of them in any way possible, you don't need 23 judges, right? Pinchas did not judge Cosby in front of 23 judges. That's without a question. But maybe that's because it was a concept of Kanoi and Poginbo, right? That they're Kanoi, if you're really zealous, then you go ahead and you destroy. But either way, whatever it is, it's possible that this idea from the Rambam could be used for the Targum Yonasan. Maybe the concept could be used over here. When killing an animal because of something it did, like when it gores someone to death, if it gores someone, then you give it skila. And if killing it is simply because of a takala or a busha, even if the animal is a male animal with a, with a woman, nonetheless, you kill it in any way possible, albeit in Bezdin, just like the Midyani women and the same concept of Midyani And as an idea, as an addendum to this, this is a beautiful shot in a Mishnah in Sanhedrin. Sanhedrin says in Bezim and Aleph, listen to this, listen, this is unbelievable. He says, What's a rovea, what's a nirva? A rovea is a male, a, a, it's rovea va nirva, is a rovea is a male animal with a woman. Nirva is a female animal with a man. Okay, rovea nirva, they die with judges, 23 judges. Misasim v'chav gimel. V'shor haniskal. And as sure they get stoned, its death is with Chav Gimel. What's the case of Shor and Iskal? Does anybody remember from Bava Kama? What's the case of Shor and Iskal? Shor and Iskal is defined by the Gemara in Bava Kama as a Shor that gored people to death and therefore gets Skila. Here's the Shiloh. You ready for the Shiloh? Why is the Rovea and the Nirva being called based on what it did? The Rovea, it was together with a woman. The Nirva was together with a man. But the Shoraniskal is not called a Shor Hanogeach, a Shor that gores. It's called the Shor that is supposed to be stoned. That doesn't make any sense. You, they're all Shoraniskals. They're all supposed to be stoned, right? They're all Shoraniskals. Why not say Shoraniskal Misasim Bechav Gimel? You don't have to separate between Rovea and Nirva and Shoraniskal. It's all the same. And if anything, right, Rovea, then Nirva, and Shorhanogeach. Why mention them as three totally separate things? And he answers, based on this idea that we're giving right now. Because there's a difference between the two. A shorhaniskal, the goring shore, is getting killed because of what it did. So it's called shorhaniskal. As soon as it does it, it's chayiv skila. That's the idea behind it. But the rovei and the nirva are being killed because they couldn't leave it around. Because it's embarrassing. Because people will talk about it. The rovei and the nirva are not being killed based on what they did. Do you get what I'm saying? They're getting killed based on what has to happen because we can't leave this animal around. That's the pshat. Harovea van nirva that get killed for other reasons. 
those need a basin of Chav Gimel. And then Ashur Niskal, Ashur that gores and is already considered stoned because of what it did, that's something totally different. Maybe that idea behind the Mishnah, and perhaps this understanding of the Rabbim, all from the Chavetzelus Asheron, maybe that's an understanding of Targum Yonasan. Maybe that's one way to understand Targum Yonasan, that when Targum Yonasan says that you use Bekolfi, you use a different type of death for the animal, even though it seems clear from the Gemara that you give it Skila, maybe that's because the animal is different. The animal is being gotten rid of because of everything around it, not because of what it actually did. And I know there's a bunch of questions. Yeah, Shlomo, what's up? Yeah, that's not answering that issue. That question of the Shem Olam is a very strong question. Tarogu is the reason, from according to the Gemara, how could you learn that that's written about the animal? A hundred percent. That's a that's still a kasha. It's not answering that kasha. Yeah, Dave. It's the same thing. So short niskel for sure not, right? You can't get any enough from whatsoever. The Ravan, they, oh, but that might be another nafkamina. That's a really good call, actually. That's a great nafkamina. Because the short niskel, we know, it's already considered suckle as soon as, soon as it goes to Bazin. But this, the Bazin is just there to get rid of the Takala. Maybe there is a, a, a possibility to get enough from it before. Maybe you could shear it before killing it. Maybe. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's a really good call. That's a really good call. I don't know. I don't know. The assumption is, uh, listen, the assumption is that for sure not. You can't get any enough from it because any animal that's already decided that's going to be killed should automatically be in that category that it should be killed. I don't think you get enough from it, but I can't tell you for sure. The judge is like, is there like a defense attorney for the animal? Like, I don't understand. Like, why do we need 23 judges? <laughs> he can't really confer, right? He can't really confer much, right? I don't know. Steve, what would you do? <laughs> what do you say for that animal? Just like... You know, when the monkey was being yeah, sued in Florida, right? Yeah. Right, I, I, I'm not so sure you can do much for it. That's a good call. Probably no defense attorney. Yeah. It's not that big of a difference, but it, it, it only is because once you have a Gemara that says straight out, this is its Misa, right? And that is what it says. It's very hard for the Targum Yonason to have a totally different Misa. Where did he get that from? Now, again, Yonason ben Uziel was a Talmud of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. If Targum Yonason ben Uziel is written by Yonason ben Uziel the Tana, he's a Tana. Hupalig, right? He can argue on such a thing. Tana Hupalig, that's fine. A Tana can argue. Maybe Yonason ben Uziel had a totally different thing. But it's strange because... Everyone else says Skila. It's not even a machlokis in the Gemara. There's not a single reshown out there. But it's Targum Yonas Maybe Yonas is a little bit different. Now, there's a Mesha Chachma. I'm going to skip over here the Maral Diskin. Maral Diskin is a totally different issue. The Mesha Chachma brings a Vilna Gon. In Elio Rabba Nida Parakei Mishnehe. He says the following. What an unbelievable. Listen to this. He says, if a young girl... Okay, it, it just I know it's a little graphic. I'll try to stay out of the graphic details. Okay, if a young girl under 12 was forcibly taken by an animal, the animal is not killed. Do you hear that? If an animal was forced under the age of 12, the animal is not killed because we have a concept. It's called Pitoi Kitana Onis. The girl was under 12. Pitoi Kitana Onis. The seduction of a Kitana is always considered an Onis. And therefore, there was no Takala through her. It's unbelievable, meaning there was no Ratzon involved. Which means, remember how we said we kill the animal because there's a stumbling block? There's no stumbling block over here. No stumbling block. We don't have to worry about it because under 12 it's that. However, a boy under 13 that was together with an animal, the boy was over 9 but under 13, the animal is killed even though you can't kill the boy. Does everybody get it? You can't kill the boy because the boy is under the age of 
13. So it comes out so strange, doesn't it? It comes out really strange. A boy under 13 that forcibly takes an animal, the boy lives, but the animal is killed. If an animal forces itself on a girl under 12, the animal lives. The animal lives in such a case. What an unbelievable halacha. That's what's brought down over here. He brings the concepts over there. He says, again, the concept of en kishel so the boy has to be killed even though he's underage, etc. There's a strange thing over here. Therefore, therefore, listen to this. He says, there's a serious takala here. The animal must be killed by the boy so it doesn't happen again, even though the Torah has pity on the young boy. What a strange thing. Now, the wording now makes a ton of sense. I want you to look back at the Pasuk. Turn back to page one if you want. Okay, go back to the Pasuk itself. Does everybody see that? You kill the woman and the animal. If she is killed, then you kill the animal. Does everybody get it? But if she isn't killed, then what? If she isn't killed, then you don't kill the animal. If the girl is under the age of 12, then you don't kill the animal. That would be the idea behind it. That's that. But by the man, look at how it's written. Most you must, he must die. But no matter what, the animal is always killed. They're not together. The most you must, if the guy's supposed to die, the guy dies. But the behemoth, tarogu. You kill the animal no matter what, even if it's under the age of 13, even if the boy is not killed. Now it's shot behind the Gemara and Sanhedrin Nunheim at Aleph. It only brings up what would be, the Gemara only says, what would be if a nine-year-old boy, this is what the Gemara says, if a nine-year-old boy is with an animal, and it says the animal is killed. By a woman, it doesn't say that. By a woman, it just says, if an Isha is with the animal, then an Isha and the animal are killed. It doesn't even bring up a katana. It doesn't bring it up. It brings up a katan with the animal that the animal is killed. But the reason why is because if a katana has the animal with her, then the katana is not killed, obviously, and the animal is not killed. It's unbelievable. It's like a pure idea behind the Gemara that works out. Now, the only issue that I have with this, and I'm sure everybody already thought of it, is that that's still weird. It sounds like from this wording of the Pasuk, that if the, if the woman is not killed because the animal forcibly takes an older woman, a woman that's 25 years old, then the animal is also not killed. That's what it sounds like. An animal is not killed unless the woman is killed. And that's not true. If an animal forcibly takes a woman, the animal is killed. It's just if the animal forcibly takes a katana that the animal is not killed. So that's a little bit weird within the wording itself. But this is an unbelievable shot, an unbelievable shot that helps explain a little bit of that Gemara. So although we didn't do a lot over here today, we didn't do a lot outside, we did explain the basic reasons, four basic reasons, and two of Rashi, the Ralbag, that might be connected, where Sternbach connects that to the two of Rashi, and then the Mikubalim, the Shari Aaron's definition of the Mikubalim, four reasons as to why we killed the animal, even though the animal seemingly didn't do anything wrong whatsoever. We explained a couple Gemaras in Sanhedrin and the wording of some of the Gemaras in Sanhedrin based on this idea of the Pusik itself. And hopefully we also understood that there's so much to the Torah itself. There is so much there that we're missing. There's so much going on behind the scenes. And even the tiniest little nuances is absolutely amazing stuff. All right, everyone. Have a great Shabbos. We'll see everybody soon.